Hey guys, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. Listen, you and I have a lot in common. Like you, I am a working person and I have real world responsibilities. But despite living that nine to five grind, I still want to live that adventurous creative lifestyle we all crave. So how can we do that? Well, that's why I'm here. Roman Go Lightly is a podcast and blog that believes in local adventure and everyday creativity. Because listen, adventure doesn't require a plane ticket and creativity is beckoning and it's for everyone, even us working people. Join me each week as I pick the brains of some of the coolest makers and seekers out there to find out in what small ways we can infuse their practices for inspiration and adventure into our daily working lives. You in? Let's do this. Hello. Uh, this is Lara, and I'm here with Luke today. And for today's mini we're going to be wrapping up all of the things that have to do with our recent week we spent in our one of our favorite places, Roma. This is our second time coming together. It's Luke's third time. Um, studied abroad here, so we're going to talk about our favorite our favorite things and what we learned and so on. Certo. Certo. Okay, so I guess we'll start. Um, what do, What about Rome? Do we love so much? Well, for me, I think like you said that I studied abroad here, and I did, and I think most places in life, uh, a certain amount of nostalgia always just carries through. Um, sometimes I think back on why I studied abroad in Rome, and I just. Uh, I remember sitting on the stairs with one of my best friends, Alex, and I was telling him that I found out the Temple had a study abroad program in Rome, and he said that he was also looking to go to Rome through John Cabot and Lehi, and uh, we were just, I don't know, we were kind of amazed that it was at the same place, and we said to each other, maybe we should go to Rome, and it just ended up happening, and so sometimes... I think it was just chance that I ended up in Rome because I had no idea what it looked like. I had no idea what Rome was about. And as soon as I got there, I realized that I absolutely loved it. So nostalgia, the impossibility of the place when you walk around Rome, you never know what you're going to see. You know, the Romans can't build any more of a metro than they already have because every time they dig a tunnel, they uncover, you know. Here's another amazing discovery. Yeah, kilometers of... Like never before seen mosaics or not seen for hundreds of years. And that's what it's like above ground as well. You know, Rome is a wonderland of all of these things that have been built up since antiquity. And they're just there. And the Romans are so used to living around it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, the first time I ever, like, our taxi ride that we came from the airport in, our first time, I remember just, like, almost crying because it was just like a movie scene but it was real life like so aged and unapologetic in the way it looks so ridiculously like uh old and worn and weathered but also so beautiful and you just feel like you're going back in time a lot of the times because it's just like you turn a corner and then it's like oh here's another outstanding arc for no reason so it's just i don't know I think for me, I think for me, another thing that sets Rome apart from other places, besides our history with it, besides the impossibility of its even existence, is 
you know, Laura and I have both started to pick up some Italian. I've especially spent a lot of time. Don't lie, it's just you who's okay. picking up. I'm, I'm good at like picking up conversations. I'm not good at speaking it. You speak it. I listen there and nod my head because I understand slightly. Yeah. You speak it. You're becoming I'm getting, pretty. I'm getting yeah. better at Italian, and I spent the past nine months every day practicing Italian just because when you go abroad and you're in countries where you can't speak the language, and it's it's really country to country, but there's always that extra level of barrier, and it's so much easier to make friends here and to charm people and to just feel like you're giving back in some small way when you can speak the language. Obviously, learning language is a huge task, and you can't do that for every country you go to, but you can learn a little bit. You can learn a little bit, and you should everywhere you go. But in Italy now, it's becoming easier to talk to people in Italian, and it's really nice. Yeah, I think the reason I love Rome so much too is also because our first time here, we spent so long. I mean, we were there for a month and a half almost. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we we were truly living there. It became really comfortable and like being back in Rome sort of feels like coming home in a, in a lot of ways because we have our favorite places and it just feels comfortable, but also like so romantic and so different from our everyday lives. So I think that has a lot to do with it for me too. Plus, I mean, my Italian heritage. Too. Yeah, for you, connecting back to your family's roots yeah. for sure. Seeing like my pop-up everywhere. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right, so... What was it like returning for you? Was anything different? Um, I think that two things really stood out to me. One, now it being third time back for me and this, you know, returning with you, I felt like all of the magic that was there the first two times was still there in the sense that it's such an amazing place that if you're not used to living there year-round, every day you walk out, you're going to thank your stars for being there. But at the same time, it was so familiar. I remember us saying to each other the first couple hours, it just seemed, are we really looking at this stuff? Because you have like, such clear... Like, are we really back here? Yeah, you have such clear memories of it. It's not at all uh, similar to going to a place for the first time where every time you turn yeah. a bend it's a brand new vista we were in the same room that we were in two summers ago on the same streets at the same bars and so it's a different feeling and it's it's cool to see that deepen so the newness was just continuing to deepen the same thing that we we're there and how your relationship to it changes um, the other thing was I feel like now that we've started to put down more serious roots in Rome by deciding to make it the only place we've returned to together, so, there was well, a desire. We have places to return other other places too, but this is the first time that we're doing it. That we are, yeah, we we want to go back to Scotland and Japan and lots of places, but it's the first one we've actually done, and we were here right. the longest before. So if, it feels as though we're starting to want to put down more roots there, and it's a place we'd consider going back to, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what I wanted to say was just wanting to make those connections and those roots deep, deep and not just with our own experiences, but with other, other people. people. We met yeah. with our, we met with three of my professors from that when I went cool. to school there. Yeah. Meeting up with your professors was awesome. Cause I mean, they're, well, they're true Romans. They live there, but also it was nice for you to be able to practice some of your Italian, especially with Lucy. 
And just hearing their experience about like how things have shifted since you were in college too was interesting with like the universities and uh, the American education system is sort of making small changes in Rome too. But I mean, that was definitely cool. That definitely made me feel like we were getting closer to yeah, not just being on our own, yeah. you know, trip, romantic trip of a couple in Rome, the cliche stuff that you do. But I mean... It, it, yeah, it sort of felt like we were deepening our roots that way. Yeah, because it's also easy to make friends with people out at restaurants and stuff and have a nice conversation. But that's not the same as actually making inroads with people that live in Rome and have lived in Rome their whole lives. So that when you go back the next time, you can say, hey, saw you a couple years ago. Want to get together? Let's, you know, let's have a drink. Let's go out. Introduce me to your friends. More or less part of, the, of what I noticed being new in Rome was wanting to solidify community there to come back to so that when we return to Rome the next time it's not just returning to the same streets it's also returning to some of the same people and hopefully next time even going further into making friends with their friends and I also felt like on the other side instead of just when we return we return this time we have all these favorites that we wanted to go to but we had to battle that yeah. a lot of time because it was it's so easy to go to your same places I mean, that's how the real world is, too. It's so easy to just go to your same standby places that are awesome and one of the best, like the best that there is in Rome from our experience, but we literally had to force ourselves to do new things. That was definitely something new. Whereas before, especially for me, everything was new and beautiful and perfect, and this time it was like, oh, I definitely want to go back to all these favorite places, but we have seven days and I want to experience new stuff too. So we're like broadening our experience instead of just repeating the same thing. Yeah. We'd already discovered so many delicious <laughs> yeah. and amazing things to do in Rome. Yeah. It's easy to just go back, but we wanted to discover some new ones. And we did. Which yes, we will share we did. with you at some point. So let's share our favorite, our old standbys. For like, let's let's do two two categories. We'll do food. That includes... Pizza places, dinner places, gelato places. Let's give them the rundown. So pizza, our our favorite old standbys, of course. Darpoeta. Darpoeta. Entrastevere. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Buffalo pizza. Uh, what was the one the? Well, buffalo. That's you're talking about the type of pizza at yes. Darpoeta. Yeah, some of our favorites there are buffalo, which is just the classic margarita with buffalo mozzarella yeah. and um, cherry tomatoes, you know, the classic, so just with great ingredients. And then we also have one called lingua de foco, which means tongue of fire. Spicy, has, spicy action. Yeah, got soppressata, pepperoncini in there. They also have a Nutella calzone, which is like decadent. Yeah. But just Nutella, ricotta, <laughs> yeah. and dough. It's really good. Really good. Um, any other pizza places? We we have a pizza slice place that's right by that. Do it's pizza pazza. Pazza. Pizza pazza. Yeah, pazza. I think it's pazza pizza. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's, it's interesting. Ever pizza. It means crazy pizza. Yeah, it's right off of Piazza Trilusa, and right next to that is our standby gelateria. It's uh, called Bal- uh, Bar Lateria. Oh yeah. Bar Lateria, and it's just a tiny hole-in-the-wall gelato shop. It has great pistachio and fior de latte. Delicious. Favorite old standby gelato place. We have a new favorite gelato place that we'll talk about in a little bit, but that is... Oh, we could talk about now. Well, let's just let's keep going with our favorites. 
first. Um, dinner. Asteria de Belly. Yes. Delicious, delicious, stupid, delicious. I mean, they do magic. So the thing that's so magic about this place is when they serve you, our, our favorite is spaghetti alla vangole, which is just spaghetti, you know, they do it with the white sauce, not rosso. Um, it's just parsley, olive oil, a little seasoning, and these vangole, the small baby clams. neck clams, yeah. and they serve it oh, with a thick, so spa- a thick spaghetti noodle. But the crazy thing, the thing that makes this place <laughs> such magic is that it comes out piping hot, but yet perfectly al dente. Oh, you don't even so think it's possible. It's 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 like they just they they more or less just wet the noodles and then finish it in the pan with all the oil and it comes out so perfect. Yeah, they also do a really good bruschetta and they also do a really good ravioli, which I did not get to have this time, but they do uh, the Sicilian style ravioli. Yeah, the bruschetta is great. Um, great atmosphere. It's family restaurants. Also interest average. You can tell that's close to where we always stay. And although it is touristy, there's so many good restaurants in Tristevere. Yeah, it's insane. It's a little hub. Yeah. Um, also, for a little more fine dining experience, oh, yeah. uh, Spirito Divino is kind of a nicer, small, also family-run restaurant on the outskirts of Tristevere. And their cheese plate is incredible. It's with homemade jam or marmalade mm-hmm. made by the made by, by the mom who's the head cook there and it's uh, literally run by a family you can they, they come out and yeah, talk to you all the time it's a really good atmosphere it's a little bit more upscale though it's not like a trattoria like right and an amazing creme brulee oh yeah but said. the creme brulee is done without the crusty top which is sounds like You'd think it'd be uh, yeah, terrible just, yeah. because how could you get away from caramelized sugar? That's the thing that makes creme brulee creme brulee, but no. So good. It's crazy. It's the best pudding you've ever had. Yeah. It's so tasty. Yeah, it's really good. Um, other favorite restaurants, Roma Spirita, which we did not get to, that has like the Cacio e Pepe. Anthony Bourdain went there on no reservations. Um, oh, and uh, I like Osteria de Anima. Which is by Piazza Navona, right? Mm-hmm. Piazza Navona. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's not that's more touristy, but they have this really good pear and carrot uh, pasta that is delicious. Uh, Luke's not a, the biggest fan of that, but I love that place. We went back to that place, um, and we'll be putting all these in the show notes. So. Yes. We're and... naming a lot of things, but if you want to like keep it saved for your own stuff, I'll be putting them yeah. in the show notes at romagolili.com. So no worries as we talk about food for yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so what about like our favorite culture places, like museums and sites, and what are some things that are like our favorites? I do have to throw in, before we go <laughs> to this, Raschioli. Oh, yeah, of course. If you want great... Uh... Salumaria or cheese plate, incredible pasta for, it's a great lunch place, unbelievable. Mm. Bourdain was there as well. It was right around the corner, but I mean, that place, it does such authentic so good. food anyways. Good place for lunch, Roskilly. Yeah. So as far as places to go see, the problem with Rome is <laughs> that there are just too many. Yeah. There's too many. Like you could spend a whole year visiting all the churches and everything to go to. The good news is that you can walk to almost all of them. Yes. Um, so what are our favorites? We really like to go to see the Roman Forum at night. 
uh, with a bottle of wine. Yeah, don't go see the farm a day. You have to go at night. It's yeah. so beautifully lit up. Take a bottle of wine. There are a bunch of paths you can walk down. I mean, you'll have to deal with lots of Roman couples making out on the walls. <laughs> but, I mean, you can join in if you're lucky or just, I don't know, Come ignore them. Join in on the fun. Um, also, I think going to Ponte Sisto. Of course. And you get a really nice view of the river there and of... Uh, you can see St. Peter's. Yeah, you can see St. Peter's. I think you also you have, have to... You have to go to the Vatican. I mean, yeah. You don't have to go inside necessarily but you should well yeah you gotta if there's so many shoes of rome you should yeah. go to the Colosseum. you should go to the vatican you should go to villa borghese like you should 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 but really what you should do is know yourself and know what you're really interested in and don't force yourself to do things if you're not loving them yeah. i think yeah i think the two you know the two museums that if you are a museum going person you have to go to the vatican museum and you have to go to Galleria Borghese mm-hmm. uh, and the Villa Borghese and it's nice because you get to see the Villa Borghese is the biggest park biggest public park in Rome and you get to see that and then you get to go to the this amazing museum with some of the greatest marbles ever mm-hmm. made um, but there's so many others oh yeah I mean it's just a the best thing of... the best thing is to just walk around Rome at night yeah and just enjoy the city. We basically lived at night and in the evenings because it was just too darn hot. But yeah, Rome at night is just super romantic. Also very manageable in temperature. So what are our new discoveries? What did we discover this round that we didn't do before? I know one place that literally I'm, I'm dying to go to again. Gelateria del Teatro. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's this uh, gelato place that is... They have two places that we know of. They might have more. But it was literally maybe two blocks away from our apartment. And we had no idea that it was there. But they have Sicilian peach gelato that was delicious. They had um, rosemary and... It's, uh, yeah, rosemary honey lemon. Oh my gosh. Or lavender white peach. Lavender, yeah, lavender white peach was delicious. So you'd think... Gelato is already one of the best things in the world. Don't mess with it. Like, it's done a certain way, and if you do it right with the good ingredients, you don't need to get crazy. Yet, you go to this place, and you get these more avant-garde combinations, and they do use the best ingredients, and the one down by Piazza Navoni, you can actually see see them them making it, and they have all the fresh ingredients there for you see, blah, blah, blah. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. The gelato is incredible. I mean, it's definitely... It opened my mind a little bit to just it was, more the idea of um, artisanal gelato or like creative gelato. Not to say that the standby pistachio or fiorda latte is not also delicious. It is, but it was cool to see this place being different. Yeah. Um, and also our other discovery was Il Buffetto. Yeah, and really both of these were given to us by the same couple that we made friends with at Osteria <laughs> Derbelli that we met just... They had good I, taste. Yeah, I just asked them in Italian where they were from because I noticed that they had been speaking to each other in Italian, but it didn't seem like they were Italians. <laughs> uh, and anyways, we ended up having a two-hour conversation with them. Probably dinner ended at like 12.30. Yeah, it was really insane. Um, but they, they had lived in Rome on and off throughout their lives, and they gave us these two recommendations, and they were both great. Obafetto's classic pizzeria in Rome. Really, really thin. thin yeah. yeah. Thin crust. 
I don't think it's as good as Darpoeta, personally. It's just uh, a different type of pizza. But it's, it was good. Darpoeta is definitely more like the the pull-apart pizza. It's like thicker, and it has like a, like a more elasticity to it. And I think by American standards, Darpoeta is closer to sort of a medium crust wood fired pizza whereas buffetto is really thin thin, thin, yeah yeah good though really good what what if i guess people for interested in traveling to rome or are planning to go to rome what what sort of insight do we have to give to them i have one for every part of the year and one for the summer so all for like any time of the year it's definitely about finding a balance between sightseeing and the dolce vita you know for, yes for us everywhere we go it's how much time do we actually want to spend seeing the things that everyone says you should see and as a traveler there sometimes you just get sucked into that it's hard if you go to rome you're gonna want to see the coliseum and you should see the coliseum why not it's one of the greatest monuments of all of antiquity it's unbelievable it, it'll take your breath away you should go but you should also know that you're going to have to wait in like an immense line and wave <laughs> through people. And it's not going to be, I don't it's know. Not it's not sunshine and roses. All the time. Because it, it, it'll be the, worth it. It's touristy. It's just, but it's worth it for certain things. Right. For certain things. And that's the thing. You have to draw and everyone, you know, know thyself. Figure it out. Definitely schedule time for you to just be in Rome. Mm-hmm. Enjoying being in Rome. Slow. Yeah, slow travel. Have some get, moments of slow. Yeah, because that's how the Italians live. Like, why would yeah. you? Yeah, get an aperitivo. Sit there and people watch and drink a spritz. Oh yeah, and just you gotta do that. Allow yourself time to wander down the magic that is Rome. Walk slower than yeah. normal. And make sure that that's a priority. That should be just as much of a priority as getting to the Vatican. Because yeah. if not, you're just gonna be there, and it's gonna be. You're just going to be it's, from one line of tourists to the really next. It's really easy to get swept up in that too because it is so exciting and so beautiful in Rome. It's like so, and there's so yeah. many things you could yeah. do. But yeah, you're totally right. And sometimes you do have to remind yourself to do that. Even our second time, we're like, well, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to do that. It's perfectly fine to have a slow afternoon or evening, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and what was your other thing? My thing for the summer is definitely to observe. <laughs> what we know as siesta but they call uh, reposo and it just means a rest and in other words find yourself a cool cafe maybe find yourself back at your hotel room find somewhere where you can just sit out sit back and chill schedule things for the morning for you to do the morning is probably the best time for you to go sightseeing and figure out stuff like that while you have energy go back recharge in the afternoon and then go out for a good long nights because after the sun starts to go out that's when Rome starts to come out to play. Also, it's too darn hot to but go yeah, out. That's when it's, it's enjoyable. Hot. In the summer, in Rome, in the middle of the afternoon, yeah, like... You're miserable. It's yeah, too it's, hot. You can't and go even anywhere. the Romans know that. Like, don't, yeah. don't plan So that's why there's siesta. And, and honestly, almost nothing's open during the afternoon anyways. Like, it's true. Except for... I mean, maybe Cafes. if you're at a chill museum that's air-conditioned and stuff, spend the afternoon there. That could be cool. But... There's only so yeah. many places that are like that. You go to the Coliseum in the middle of the afternoon, you're going to get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to get, and you won't have any time or energy, or you won't have any energy to <laughs> so stay. So drained. By the end of the day, when mm. it's time for you to go out and have a nice drink, enjoy the beautiful weather, enjoy how beautiful Rome is, you're not going to be able to because you're going to be so exhausted from 
just being a full-fledged tourist all day in the middle of Roman summer. So go in fall or spring if you can. We have to travel in the summer because we're teachers, but... Yeah. And I guess my my tip would be, it's really easy to get um, suckered into bad restaurants in Rome. Um, because there are people pandering to you in the streets. And I promise you that if you spend 10, 15 minutes in the morning figuring out recommended restaurants from not just TripAdvisor, like look on like travel blogs, um, like Salt and Wind or... Take our our recommendations. Yeah, take our recommendations that I'll put in our show notes. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, But really the more like local recommendations that you can get like if you are sitting next to an italian couple ask them where their favorite restaurants are in the area and they'll probably give you a good number of them but just don't get suckered into like those restaurants that people are pandering outside if they're pandering to you 99 percent of the time it's because they're not busy enough holding like business so you shouldn't eat there yeah you can get some of the worst food you've ever had in your life in italy but yeah, you can yeah. also get some of the best yeah, and where you get the best is you have to ask local recommendations and you have to trust like really people who take food seriously, which is why I recommended Salt and Wind because I ate a mall in camp who is going to be one of our guests. Um, she, I mean, she is a food expert and literally she just travels the world in search of delicious things. So do your research. It's worth it like a thousand and a half percent because otherwise you're just going to end up in some place and not like it. As much as you should. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right. Well, we love Rome, as you can tell. We're currently in Monte Pucciano, which where everything is moving slightly slower. We're a little bit disconnected from Wi-Fi. But um, yeah, we will probably be doing another mini so before we leave. And let us know if you like it by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Make sure that you check out the, the show notes at romangalitly.com slash podcast. It'll be right there. Um, we'll link to all the restaurants. All right, so. Ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci.